Spezial Kali. What's up? You are about to listen to facts, stories, interviews, gossip, and much more fascinating things that will be so stunning there's a possibility that your mind will blow. This show will start five, four, three, two, one. Hello, you are listening to WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpen Radio. Broadcasting live from Studio Y, Yellow Kali, and Little Village. From wrestling on a mat, to fighting in the cage, to the rock laying the smackdown in front of millions across the world, this is combat sports. In the world of combat sports, there is such a variety out there too. Olympic wrestling, kickboxing, boxing, jiu-jitsu, karate, pro wrestling, to mixed muscle arts. And there's this so-called... Combat sports have insurance for their athletes. Today, we have a special guest, pro wrestler Matt Nix. Hey, how's it going? Well, before the interview, we have an intro by Sebastian, and we would want to play that first. Fighting championship started in 1993, put together to find which style of fighting would win in an actual bout. He's, he's a crazy man. And he's, uh, he's got a you know, weird way of looking at things that, that's very effective. And in, in his crazy mind, he's like, let's take this guy who's never even thought about being a commentator and make him our commentator. I mean, I didn't know what I was doing. I mean, I really didn't. I didn't have any training at all in sports commentary. I just would see what was happening and start talking about it, you know, which is really like the wrong. I was more even play by play and color. It was like doing both of Gracie clan with Brazilian jiu-jitsu got the better of karate, boxing, wrestling, and kickboxing. It's become so popular now, it offers 12 to 14 live pay-per-view events annually. And you might be thinking, how does it compare to boxing? Well, you can strike with your legs, you can wrestle as well in UFC. Of course, you can't in boxing. It's not a tough man competition. It's not no holds barred either. No strikes to the groin, no gouging. It has sought out state regulation, not run from it. They fight five rounds as opposed to 12, but frequently it does end via KO or tap out. Fighters can see things that maybe the average person can't see. Like they see when someone's slowing down, they see when someone's laying back, they see when someone got hurt to the body, they see like little things that maybe a person who's never fought before doesn't see. 2015 was my year. 2016 is also my year. Every year is my year. Smith is going down. 
Survivor Series, then eliminated almost just as fast in the Royal Rumble match. Joe J. Aldo, Conor McGregor, the most highly anticipated featherweight fight of all time. Here we go! Green trunks for the southpaw, the notorious Conor McGregor. Black trunks for the champion, Joe J. Aldo Jr. Hello. So we have our special guest, Matt Nix, we're we'll going to be interviewing with. Nice to meet you, Matt Nix, by the way. Nice to meet you as well. <laughs> uh, so I got a few questions for you. My first question is, so your name is Matt Nix. What inspired you to come up with the name and the character of Matt Nix? <laughs> um, so funny thing about the name is uh, back when I was probably like 14 years old, uh, me and a lot of my friends used to do backyard wrestling. And my... Backyard wrestling name originally was the Pitbull Three, uh, super ominous, and uh, we just kind of like we're all hanging out one day and we're like, that's not a really good name. You need to like figure something else out. And uh, at the time, I was reading, I had like a magazine that was like all the you know all my favorite wrestlers in it, and it kind of said like, oh, this is what their real names are. And, uh, and I looked at like Shawn Michaels, and his his name is Michael Shawn Hickenbottom is his real name. And I kind of looked at that, and I took my my actual name, Nicholas Matthew Elmendarez, and I just kind of did the same thing where I took my middle name, made it my first name, my first name, and made it my last name. And, uh, you know, just kind of added the K and the S on there for aesthetics so it looks better. And and as far as the character of Matt Nix, it's really, I mean, it's kind of cliche to say it's just me amped up to 11, but it really is kind of just me amped up to 11. And... I think that's kind of the most genuine kind of character is just something that's like just an extension of yourself. And like when I'm out there just goofing around and having fun, the crowd can see that. And like they they're like, OK, this guy's, you know, this is this is what he's all about. So that's pretty much what my, my character is, <laughs> I guess. So from like footage I've seen on Instagram, um, I'm guessing you're like a baby face, good guy kind of sort of thing. Have you thought about like maybe like turning heel at some point or becoming a bad guy? Um, it, it actually really kind of depends like where like where I'm at specifically. But a lot of times like I find like whenever I'm like promoting a show or uh, just kind of like talking smack with somebody on Twitter, uh, I feel like I always end up kind of like coming off more of like a heel. And uh, I think it's just like that's just who I am. Like I'm just, you know, very like my my character is a little bit more cockier than than I am in real life. But um, but yeah, I think definitely more, I think. What I how I portray myself is a little bit more lovable than uh, than hateable. Okay, that's cool. <laughs> um, so you wrestled a number of companies, some freelance wrestling, um, Evolve, 
in CCW from what I've seen uh, on your res- wrestling register mm-hmm. on the internet. Uh, you also wrestled around the States and in Mexico and in Europe. Is there a difference between the audiences, like, like with different countries or, like, different companies? Like, is there a difference with the audience? Like, what's the audience like? Um, there's definitely, uh, you notice differences in the United States itself, Mm -hmm. like in bigger cities, a lot of the crowds are more, uh, what they call like smart marquee crowds where like, they're just, we're here to see good, like we're here to see the guys do their spots. And like, we like this guy and the guys that are cool on the internet. Um, but whereas you travel into more rural locations, these people are more just like, uh, we want to see this guy, you know, fight him, get him, uh, kick his butt, you know? They they're more of like an like a traditional old school wrestling crowd, which I think is way more fun to to, to wrestle in front of, um, because they they just get so into it. Uh, in in Mexico, it's like they they're insane. <laughs> they're, they're just like uh, they're throwing stuff at you. Like even if they like you, they're throwing stuff at you, uh, screaming. Like uh, I had so many like girls come up to me like as I'm like coming to the ring, like handing me their phones and being like, oh, like Facebook, Facebook, like. <laughs> It's crazy. Like, you know, it's a whole other world. Um, and then like England uh, is just very traditional as well. And, and they just like they just appreciate wrestling. They cert- they seem like I feel like people in England are like a very rough crowd. Um, are they kind of like a rough crowd like, compared to Chicago? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's very similar, mm-hmm. I would say. Um, I mean, there's definitely some I've experienced a couple rowdy crowds here in Chicago. Uh, n- maybe not as bad in the U.K., <laughs> Uh, what are the lessons you learned in your career, like, in these, like, wrestling in different countries and le- wrestling in different stages? Did you learn, in, like, any new, res- like, lessons and, and or uh, new moves or wrestling styles? Um, and one, one of the biggest things, is one of the first things you learn when you get into wrestling is ears open, mouth shut. And that is probably the biggest thing that I could say to, to anybody, like, when you go, when you go anywhere, like, when I went to England when I went to Mexico I just listened and like you know even if it's somebody who's like wrestling Mm -hmm. less than me or like you know they were just a rookie but like something that they could say and maybe I could take one little piece of advice from them that I could apply to myself to help me be better and I think that it's it's important that you could you can always learn something from somebody do you have any like travel stories like small little travel stories um like funny or serious um (laughs) Uh, let me think. Uh, so when we went to uh, when I went to the UK, I uh, I was there for two weeks uh, with with uh, a couple of wrestlers from the Chicagoland area, and then I was there for a week by myself. And I kind of just like I I knew I have friends that live out there, so they were kind of like, oh, here you can stay with this guy. And I thought it was somebody he knew, uh, but it was just like it was more like oh, just a guy he knew but like not somebody he was friends with. So I just stayed at this guy's house for like a couple days and thinking like, Oh, these guys are great buddies. And it, in truth be told, it was just some guy that he knew, <laughs> but they were like, they were super awesome. Like I still keep in touch with them now. Yeah. Um, uh, they were really great. Um, so you won tacting titles with Tr- Chris, Cast- Chris Castro and Kenny and Tyler. What was your experience winning a championship belt for the first time? Uh, it's, it's definitely like a little bit surreal, like, you know, growing as growing up as a wrestling fan, you always dream about like, you know, wrestling, but Mm -hmm. also winning titles. And, uh, and it's kind of funny that, so the first, the first title that I ever won was the Dreamwave Wrestling Tag Team titles with Tyler Priegel. And we weren't even supposed to win. They accidentally had our name 
circled on the on the the run sheet that told said who was going to be winning the match and so we won and the the owner was just like what the heck like how did this happen like <laughs> all right i guess we'll just go with it and he because he our our genuine reaction for when we won and how the crowd reacted with it he was like hey man that was pretty good like i guess we'll just see how this goes and so it's, it's just kind of appropriate i think for for me that like oh my first time was by mistake <laughs> uh who'd you win it against like who'd you um um, they were, I believe it was the, there's a tag team down there called the Beck family. Okay. And I think it was Waylon and Bobby Houston, I believe. I, it was a long time ago. I think it was like 2012, 2013. Okay. And, uh, so, yo, it's been nine years you so you had a nine year career like pretty much like been wrestling the past nine years yeah it's it yeah it was nine years uh this past march okay like the beginning of the march was uh the anniversary of my first match it's almost a decade <laughs> it's crazy <laughs> <laughs> um so are you interested in going like, after like single titles like make card titles or main event titles oh uh, yeah definitely um you know, it's always aspirations to kind of be a, you know, a, a, the top guy at a company or something like that. Um, it's not something that I'm like, I need to do this. Uh, I'm more, you know, just, you know, I just want to have fun and just, I just want to wrestle everywhere. I want to have fun. Uh, if I win titles along the way, so be it. If not, it's okay too. Okay. And um, so what are the lessons you learned in the last nine years of your career? from the sacrifices, the injuries, and putting in the hours upon hours of training, what is the difference between day one Matt Nix and today's Matt Nix? Um, you have to learn to be a little cynical. You have to learn to, you have to learn that not everyone is looking out for your best interests as you think they would be. Uh, you kind of have to, you know, be, be open to other people, but also just kind of be leery. And uh, just never take no for an answer. Just always, you know, just try to push yourself to, to, to get to that next level. Because whenever you think that you can't do it, the moment that, you know, you actually believe that is when you're done. Okay. Wow. Um, so there are many people out there who think, you know, pro wrestling is fake. But what would you t want to tell those people? Would you want to tell those people like, no, it's not fake or uh, it's definitely not fake. Fake is the furthest word I would actually use for it. But, uh, you know, it's no secret that the you know, that wrestling is a predetermined thing. You know, mm -hmm. we we know going in, like I, I don't oh, most of the time don't hate the person that I'm wrestling. Uh, you know, we're not going out there with the intent to actually injure each other. But I mean, every like strike that we do, every slam, you know, every time somebody gets hit with a chair, that's all 100% real. Like you can't, you can't fake that. Uh, like I showed you the clip earlier when I got thrown off the top rope, and you know that was very, it could have been very bad the way I landed. But like, thankfully I was okay. But that was a real fall that I took. You know, the the risks that we take are very real. Okay, and um, and I, I remember like a CM Punk said like. Um, for wrestling, like it's not about injuring, it's not about hurting the other person. It's about entertainment. It's about entertaining the crowd. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's what like really interests me. Like with wrestlers, like they're not there to hurt each other. They're just there to make a show and to take care of each other during a match. So um, were there any like reckless wrestlers you wrestled against, like who like did moves like um, purposely to hurt you, or like you felt like in the match, you felt like your career was like in danger. <laughs> <laughs> um, definitely. I mean. 
the thing a lot of times too with, with guys that are like you know quote unquote reckless in the ring they're not doing it on purpose they just either weren't trained the right way or they just like you know you, you always hear people like not being aware of their own strength uh it happens sometimes you know i've i've definitely been punched in the face like for real like wow. and just like you you get you give them like one or two just as like okay okay and then you know we what we call it is giving them a receipt so like if the guy like let's say a guy hits me for real like a couple times and then i'll just smoke him back and then just be like hey man like take it easy like we're we're working together here yeah um so i've i've heard that you own you sort of you own freelance wrestling now mm -hmm. so um from a pro wrestler to business owner freelance wrestling what interest you what interested you to acquiring freelance wrestling uh what, what are the business strategies uh you did to grow the sport and the chicago wrestling scene um well it's actually like I, I'm actually the the founder of Freelance as well. Like I just, it was 20, uh, 2014. I just was not really having fun with wrestling. And I figured I wanted to just do something different, do something on my own. Um, I didn't really expect it to last like as long as it has. I mean, we're coming up on five years now. And, um, you know, it, it was just something because the, the Chicago wrestling scene has been very like, dry for like the longest time and and so many other companies have come and gone trying to like you know break the mold and, and try to do something different uh and we kind of did that with like you know initially having like bands play at our at our events as well uh just having it be of more like punk rock vibe and stuff because that's like the, that's the scene that i that i you know gravitate towards and i wanted to combine like two of my favorite things you know music and wrestling and then and just you know make it this weird party as opposed to just like a wrestling show. And we marketed it. I, I, I always say I market the shows towards uh, fans, of, uh, fans that aren't fans of wrestling because you could take, you know, your, you know, your buddy and his girlfriend who'd never seen wrestling before in their lives, bring them to a freelance show and they're going to have the time of their lives. They're going to want to come every month. It's funny. Cause I see that I've seen the term like everywhere, punk rock wrestling. Mm -hmm. Like I, that's what I get that vibe of, of pro wrestling. Like it, if pro wrestling was a music genre, it would be punk rock. Cause I, I just feel like it's so rebellious and you know, um, com like it's pro wrestling is a sport, like the punk rock of sports. I feel like, com like compared to like any other sport out there. It's definitely cut from the same mold. I would, I would definitely say that like just the attitude. And like, I remember just like seeing like ECW for their first time mm -hmm. back in the nineties. I just got that punk rock. rock it's, yeah. It's, it's always had that like connection. I mean, even, even if you look back into like the eighties with like the rock and wrestling stuff with like Cindy Lauper and like Hulk Hogan and Captain Lou, like that was like the, the first bridging the gap, I think between like the music industry and like wrestling to see the show that like, you know, these, these things are not too far off as far as like forms of entertainment. So like, has, do you feel like art has really impacted the sport as well? Like, um, like painting and music, like that really helped the sport grow. With I think so because I mean, you look at there's a lot of artists that are that their their work is inspired by wrestling, and they they're uh, I'm gonna butcher his name, but it, Rob Schumacher, I, I can't I can't never pronounce his last name, but he does a lot of like these really incredible paintings uh, of just wrestlers or and just wrestling inspired stuff, and he actually does a lot of stuff for WWE now, um, and yeah, like it's wrestling in, just inspires everything. Wrestling inspires your creativity. 
I, I see a lot of graphic designers like get into it, like make the wrestling posters. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen like I, I follow him. I think it's Tom's Customs. He's getting popular. And he, I think his work was shown on NWA uh, Instagram's oh, website. Wow. So yeah, I thought that was really cool. Um, so I gotta ask this one question too. Like, since pro wrestling is a f- physical sport, what protection um, are in place for your talent health wise? Um. I mean, there. It's really kind of just, you know, you. We take care of each other when we're out there. That's about it. Like, I mean, you know, I I go out there knowing that my my life is in my opponent's hands and and vice versa. And you know, we go out there to put on a good show and to entertain the crowd, but also to both come back, you know, in one piece. Um, I mean, if other than other than having your own personal health insurance, there there really is no kind of like safety net in wrestling, unfortunately. Is there like a movement that's that's happening with wrestling with health insurance right now? Like, are people do wrestlers want like health insurance? Like, are they protesting for something like that to happen? I feel like that we might be on the way towards something like that. I mean, with like AEW uh, starting up, they definitely mentioned about having full health care benefits for their wrestlers and. I can only imagine, you know, in, with that combined with the that John Oliver uh, video that that they put up, you know, bashing WWE, that they they're gonna have to follow suit, or there's gonna be some sort of public outcry. Yeah, um, and I, so if there is health insurance in place, does that mean like pay cuts are gonna happen? Like if people are gonna take a cut from their salary? Uh, I would hope not, but you know, that's uh, that would be I guess to their prerogative. Yeah. Cause I just I've seen like health insurance is pretty high. It's pretty, mm-hmm. really expensive. So I don't want I don't want to want like my favorite wrestlers to get a pay cut because you know they want their they want health insurance. So uh, yeah. Um, so how do you vision growth and of your sport in other communities? Um, I think that there is always a a play. I mean, wrestling's not for everyone. We know that, uh, and you know it's hard to sell people on wrestling. But I think that wrestling is for everyone whether you know whether you know what whatever race you know color creed you know you can come to a professional wrestling event and you can be included you are part of our world and you know we welcome you and then for the locations where you guys like hold your like events these does the locations affect the like the um what's that word um demographic there's like certain locations chicago or affect the demographic when you hold events i mean i would imagine so i mean there's definitely higher populations of of certain you know uh ethnicities in in certain areas of the city but uh, we hold all of our events at the logan square auditorium in logan square and uh you know we have a very diverse crowd Um, like age wise, is it like mostly kids or like families? Uh, for, well, shows? for our shows, our shows are, are billed as 21 over shows. Mm-hmm. Um, I, if you, if you come with your parents, I mean, maybe, but like, uh, it's, it's just cause we, they, the bar sells alcohol there and they just want to like keep it, you know, mm-hmm. safe. Okay. I gotcha. Um, can you describe your relationship with all American wrestling? Does freelance wrestling have partnerships with local or and or national promotions, uh, we definitely uh, we work with uh, we have uh, there's freelance underground uh, is like our our sister promotion here. Uh, we definitely work with uh, Warrior Wrestling uh, that do their shows out of Marion Catholic High School. 
uh, we work with like Galli Lucha Libre. Um, we've worked with Zella Pro, Black Label Pro in, in Northwest Indiana. Um, and, uh, you know, we definitely support uh, AAW and what they do as well. Oh, so you guys, are you guys working with AEW a little bit? With uh, we do, we're not working together per se, but we're not working against each other. Okay, so you guys are like helping each other out. Um, and I also saw you that you were at the at the All In uh, show. Mm-hmm. Were you working All In sh- at the All In show too? Uh, I was not working on the on the All In show. Uh, I work uh, during the week at Pro Wrestling Tees, mm-hmm. and uh, we did a lot a lot of merchandise work for them uh, for that weekend specifically. Uh, it was really insane, and uh, our boss uh, rewarded us for all the hard work that we did. With uh, we had like the first three rows on the floor uh, for the show, and and I was like, I can't miss this. This is going to be history. So I was right there. <laughs> I had to call off work for that too. <laughs> it was cr- it was wild. It was a wild night. It was crazy. Uh, so I got to ask you this fun question. How did it feel doing the Canadian destroy or what is it called? Matt Nix destroy Nix destroy <laughs> off the ladder. Uh, uh, yeah. For those of you who are not aware, there is a clip on YouTube of uh, myself doing a Canadian destroyer, which is a flipping pile driver off the top of a ladder, uh, probably like a six or eight foot ladder, uh, onto about six open steel folding chairs, uh, to Craig Mitchell. And, uh, this was years ago. We were really dumb for, for doing it, but, uh, it kind of like started as a joke because uh, we were try- we had to figure out something big to do at the end. And I was like, what if I gave you a Canadian Destroyer off the top rope? And uh, and then, yeah, we just kind of like, well, yeah, why don't we just do it? And then we did. And our trainer was very, very upset with us when we did that. But I mean, everybody was safe. Everybody, everybody was fine afterwards. And, you know, it's got a couple thousand hits on YouTube now. So I guess that's cool. <laughs> well, man, well. It was th- it was good having you here, man. Like, thanks for being here. This interview, I really do appreciate it. Um, it was just, this was fun, man. Like, yeah, thanks was, for having me. I w- I've been a big fan of you since like the met time we met. <laughs> <laughs> the time we met at Wizard World. So I followed your career since then, and uh, you know I'm excited for for you in the future. What you know what your career would be like in the future. So yeah. Well, thank you. I definitely appreciate that. So we're gonna be on commercial break right now. are listening to WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpen Radio, broadcasting live from Studio Y, Yolokali, and Little Village. And boy, that was an amazing interview done by Matt Nix. Um, he's a pro wrestler. He wrestles in uh, freelance wrestling. If you guys want to find out more about him, he has an Instagram page called Matt Nix. Uh, if, and he has his own little YouTube channel. So look him up. Find out, find out more about him. Support him. Support Chicago Indie Wrestling. Um, so we want to talk about the popularity of combat sports, Sebastian. Oh, yeah. I'm Sebastian. And, yeah, we're going to be talking about the popularity 
uh, manga, combat sports, and all that. So yeah. yeah, there's like such a variety in the difference of combat sports and and the entertainment and how the internet made it popular um, and television as well. But I feel like the internet has made it more popular now than ever. Yeah. Um, but like combat sports, I feel like they're just like in general. They're just like the outcasts of like sports like basketball and football and you know and baseball um these are sports that can't really like you can't really like listen to on the radio you know yeah, they're yeah, yeah. mostly you have to see it you either have to be there live or you know watch it on TV or watch it on your iPhone or your computer um but yeah i th- I think it's it's pretty cool that that you kind of have to like see it. You can't just listen to it. You have to see it and listen to it and follow it. Um, but uh, what are your, like, opinions uh, about combat sports in general? Um, I think, like, popularity, like, you know, among, like, combat sports, like, I think it has, like, a lot to do with also, like, um, I guess, like, you know, promotions and all that kind of stuff. And especially, like, like the type of people that are, like, how do you say it, like, the images of like like people who are like sort of like like the images of like the certain sport like you know and like the UFC it's like Conor McGregor and all that kind of stuff like and all that kind of stuff you know like so I like in WWE like yeah John Cena and like all these other dudes like it also like depends on like you know the people who are helping it get promoted more and more and making it get more popular because like in the UFC like Conor McGregor, like, back then, like, the UFC wasn't, like, that, like, well, it was well-known because, like, there was other fighters and all that kind of stuff. Like Chuck Liddell. Yeah, like yeah. Chuck Liddell, uh, GSP, uh, Anderson Silva. I mean, they were putting the U- the name of, like, the UFC out there, but, like, not as much as, like, Conor McGregor and all of them because, like, well, like, mostly Conor McGregor because, like, he's putting the UFC out there because he's known, like, to talk a lot of smack about other, like, like his opponents and all that kind of stuff, so... Yeah, like he's basically he's basically like he's the one who right now put the UFC like on its like prime basically. Right now I think the UFC is basically like sort of on its prime, but you know, you know what I really like about combat sports is like the characters in it. Like the how the athletes bring um you know, they like they make their own characters, the char- you know, characteristics and yeah. like the 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 competition uh, between MMA and um and pro wrestling. Uh, the matches are just really good. The fights are really good. Uh, sometimes I may get bored on a few fights, but like you know, m- majority I am like off, like off my seat. I've I've uh, seen the some of the fights from um, what you told me about Roy Grace. Oh, girl, girl, uh, Royce Grace, yeah. And like, like I like he was like a like a hundred seventy six pounds facing like a a muscular like 200 pound guy and i guess like back then there was no like weight limits for that one like there's no weight limits there was like there was hardly like the rules weren't as like how do you say it's strict like you like you could say like that like i guess you know they weren't like a super strict like back then like like when like when uh royce gracie fought that one wrestler dude who was like i think it was like kimo or something yeah like uh he uh he was pulling his hair like at the end of the like almost like at the end of the fight he was putting him like in a triangle choke and he was grabbing his hair and i'm like what like that's sort of like like isn't there supposed to be like regulations for like no pulling hair like now the ufc like you can't pull hair none of that well i remember uh, i'm watching like old ufc footage of can shamrock and he's yeah. like fighting a guy and like the fight kept going when they were just they were bleeding to death yeah. and it's like it reminds me of like in pro wrestling where it's like the referee 
in pro wrestling, it's like if you get injured or hurt, the show goes on. Like yeah. there's people that wrestle wrestled with broken ribs, broken arms, broken hands. Like I uh, Ronda Rousey with her um, latest match in WrestleMania mm-hmm. against Charlotte and Becky Lynch. Uh, she broke her hand in, during that match. I can like <laughs> if I broke my hand. I'm gonna be like crying like like a little baby like yeah. every, the whole everything has to stop. But with her continuing on, you know, it just comes to show you like these athletes like they put their bodies at risk um, just for our entertainment, you know. Yeah. And it's it's just like I give them a lot of credit, you know, uh, for for this, you know, for that, and for. And the other thing I like about, you know, pro wrestling and, and MMA is that there's, like, there's also variety. There's other promotions you can get into. You know, it's not just the UFC and WWE. You have uh, Bellator, right? You have... Um, One championship. Yeah. And then for pro wrestling, you have Impact Wrestling. You have Lucha Underground. You have New Japan Pro Wrestling. So, like, there isn't just, like, the major league, like, NFL or, like, you know, like, the, you know, and and, and NHL. I mean, like, there's hockey leagues in Canada, but, like, you know, other promotions here in America, you know, there's yeah, just like, so much variety to, to like get there's into. There's just not the big names out there, because, like, well, it's because, like, those are basically, like, the WWE and the UFC are basically, like, the faces of, like, that certain sport. So, like, yeah, it's kind of, like, tough. Like, right now, like, one championship sort of, like, trying to get, it's, like, it's sort of get, getting up there, and it's sort of almost at the same level as, like, how, like, mainstream, like, the UFC is getting because like one championship is sort of like how do you say like under it's not underground but like it's not that like relevant like especially on like this part of like the like Americas and all that kind of stuff but now it's getting up there and I'm like damn like you know yeah Yeah. um you know but what were your what were some of your favorite moments like a couple of favorite moments in in uh, combat sports history in general uh probably when when it comes to boxing, I could probably see that Manny Pacquiao fight versus uh, what's his name called Marquez. That fight was like that fight was really good. It was a third fight because he had two fights. The first one, I think Pacquiao won, and the second one, I'm not sure. I think they tied. No, the second one, Marquez lost. The first one was like a Tyra loss. I don't remember, but like that fight when they fought, uh, the third one, or I think it was three fights, but. Yeah, Marquez knocked uh, Pacquiao out, and I was like, damn, that's insane. I saw it, too, like, the same day, like, the fight was going on. It was insane. I think I have some uh, few mo- favorite moments in, in in pro wrestling where, like, The Rock retiring Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. That was one of my favorite moments. Like, their matches are, like, amazing. But, like, some of the small moments where, like, um, there was a match. There was a Fatal Five Way, I think. It was Braun Strowman, Smojo, Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns, and I, I forgot the other guy. Or I don't, I don't know if it was a Fatal 4-Way or a Fatal 5-Way, but, like, Braun Strowman, like, he's a big guy. He's, like, a like 400-pound guy, and he's, like, six foot eight, and he's just all muscles. And, like, he, he need Brock Lesnar in the face. <laughs> and, like, Brock Lesnar got, like, so mad, like, he, like, Ducked him like for real, like <laughs> he actually punched in the face. And Braun Strowman, like he was a little bit like loopy after that. Shook. Yeah, he was a little bit shook after mm-hmm. that. So it's like that was one of my favorite, like recent moments in, in wrestling. Um, but like something you know, in like in, in general, there's I have like a hundred <laughs> favorite moments of pro wrestling. Um, too much for me to tell right now. 
adrenaline kicks in, your body vibrant and alive. Pulse pushing powerfully through your head. Body becomes alarm clock, hitting to turn off the sleep. Wrestling position, turns legs to boulders becoming strong. Hands are shaking, whistle is blown, triggering the switch in your brain, causing one to become hungry. The game where decision and endurance either take you to hand being raised or shoulders coming together with the mat. Where wanting victory comes with long hours of skin hitting mats and giving it your all. A sport that becomes a haven from the streets and a path to success. in seventh grade and a little bit in eighth grade. I didn't finish, but um, I took a break and uh, this year is my first year back. My name is Ivan Mendoza. Recently, I just made two years. My name is Jezreel Rodriguez. I've been wrestling for two years. My favorite part about wrestling was that after every victory, when a ref raises your hand, you feel accomplished about all the hard work you put in throughout the week. And you just get this feeling that, you just get this feeling that you can't describe. I like it because it's not like any other sport, you know? It's a really hard sport that you gotta dedicate yourself to. You gotta have discipline. The contact, because mainly because I love physical sports where you get to purposely hurt someone. The hardest part was losing to someone that I knew I could beat. There were many times that I went against someone and they knew so much more and everything I did they had accounted for it but I was stronger and faster but they beat me and it's like continually trying to push through those losses. I guess willing, you know, to go to practice every day for two hours, even though you want to go and be somewhere else with your friends. Because, you know, um, coming into my freshman year, I didn't even know nothing about wrestling. And it took up a lot of time, you know, even on holidays. Difficult. Uh, the difficult part about myself would be trying to keep that 100% attitude that a full dedication that I needed to have. I had a go-to attitude about it. Um, I was placed uh, captain for the following year. I quit because I was not mentally fit because I was trying to make weight for the 106 pound weight class, 
but um, I couldn't shed the weight. I kept dieting. I kept I only drank water, and I really didn't want to bump up to 113. Uh, I seen wrestling uh, as a huge benefit for my health because I'm maintaining weight. Um, I am getting stronger, and uh, mentally it feels great because it's, uh, it just teaches me what hard work can do um, to accomplish things. To anyone that wants to try wrestling, don't come if you think that it's just going to be another sport that you know you can do just to stay in shape or pass time. If you're going to do wrestling, you have to be mentally strong and ready to to constantly battle your mind and your body every day because it's no joke. And wrestling was the hardest sport I've ever done. So to anyone that wants to join wrestling, you have to be ready, be prepared for be the best you can be, or else, you know, you're just going to be another wrestler who just shows up. Worth it if you show dedication, if you show hard work. It's worth it when you prove yourself on the mat and your arm is raised up in the air. Hello, and that was an audio piece done by a special guest, Carmela. Hello, I'm oh. Camila. And how are you doing today? I'm doing really good. I'm really tired, but that's okay. <laughs> uh, that was an amazing audio piece. I Thank liked it. Thank you. Um, it, I, relates to, I relate to it because I did wrestling in high school. Um, mm-hmm. But I want to ask you, I want to get your opinion on women's competition mm. when it comes down to combat sports. Ooh, well, I joined wrestling my freshman year, and I did wrestling for a whole, like, year, right? And a little bit in the summer. What I really have to say about that is because it really tested me and my limits a lot because I was the only girl on my wrestling team. There was, like, a couple girls that came in, but, like, they didn't stick to it, right? But I was, like, the only girl on the wrestling team. And it was kind of hard because it was, like, you know, I trained just like the guys, you know. Like, there was, like, I got no sympathy for being a girl whatsoever. They treated me equally, which was really cool. But it was really hard when it came to, like, endurance especially because, you know, me being a girl, I had to, like, prove myself more than any other guy. I had to work, like, way harder than any other guy in the room if I wanted to, like, you know, be able to compete for wrestling. I remember um, just dieting a whole bunch, and I hated it so much. Oh, I hated that, too. (laughs) Yes, I had to. I gave up chips, pop, fast food, all of that for, like, six months. Oh, wow. And the really bad thing about that is that my friends, they would, like, eat chips in front of me. You know, they would eat all this junk food and stuff. And I had to be like, "Mm." I just had to, like, you know, not eat it. Like, there was times where I was like, I really want some, though. But after six months, like, I finally ate, like, the whole wrestling team. We do this thing where it's, like, we eat pizza at the end of, like, the whole season to kind of, like, pig out. And just be, like, happy, you know, that we're finally eating. Even though some of them broke 
like the whole diet, but it's fine. I mentioned Thanksgiving, Christmas was really difficult. It is really difficult because, you know, Thanksgiving is like the best holiday in the whole wide world because of the food. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, you got your mashed potatoes, you got turkey, you got pie, you got all of this really good stuff, but you can't eat as much as you want because you're like, oh, I have practice tomorrow. And it was so hard because coming back from, like, break and all that, and the next day we had to go back to practice, and <laughs> it was hell. Like, we had to run in I don't know how many layers for us to get back into weight. It was, like, the worst. Yeah. Now, now what your competitors, mm-hmm. were your competitors more, like, more guys, just mainly just guys? Mainly guys. I, so, like, for wrestling, for folk style, I did folk style wrestling for school. And it was really hard because, you know, it's a co-ed sport, right? If I have to wrestle a guy, I have to wrestle a guy. If I have to wrestle a girl, I have to wrestle a girl. And I remember beating, like, a guy, right? And it was, like, the best thing ever. Mm-hmm. But, like, I kind of felt bad because the guy's parents were in the audience. And, like, I guess they didn't take it so well. But, you know, it was, like, a really good moment for me because I would, like, practice with guys, you get me? And I feel like wrestling um, for women is really hard, mostly because of the singlets. The singlets are, like, the worst ever because when they, when they lied to me, they were like, you know, singlets look way better on girls than they do on guys. I was like, okay, cool. They don't. They really don't. I feel like they're not catered to, like, a woman's body whatsoever. Most parents don't like their girls wrestling because of the attire that they're supposed to wear. Because the singlets tend to fall down a lot and they reveal a little bit too much of, the of like, their chest. Mm-hmm. And you could, like, seem like my sports bra and everything. You get me? Like, everything was just, like, shown. You get me? There were times where, like, you know... Um, certain, like, things were about to, like, you know, fall out during a match and you had to push through it, you know? And I was also, like, guys didn't really like wrestling with girls because they didn't want to touch a girl in, like, a certain area. And, like, it's understandable, but if it's, like, you know, I'm also not happy I have to touch you in certain areas, you know? So it's, like, you know, it, it weighs out, I guess. What was really hard for me, though, was especially in off-season, I did um, break break the streets. Mm-hmm. And that was really hard. Beat the streets. It was beat the streets. And it was really hard because, again, I was the only girl in the practices, you know. And there was, like, almost no guys in my weight class on top of that because I wrestled 106. And on top of that, I had to wrestle, like, guys that were, like, in 130, 140 the the most heavy guy I ever like wrestled was 150 and I learned a lot of like freestyle and um Greco through that and Greco is really hard for a girl especially because you know Greco there's not like a woman's like um team for that because women don't do Greco and Greco is like it's killer it's definitely very killer but just like you know sometimes I'd have to wrestle guys that were like almost as heavy as my dad so that was another thing and also I would get hurt a whole bunch because you know obviously they're really heavy in certain moves 
um, relied on them slamming me to the to the mat or I had to slam them to the mat. So that was really hard as well because I had to learn how to like lift people of that weight, which definitely um, I would say that wrestling did help me um, stay in shape. I wasn't like in the best condition possible. And it did earn me some street credit because a lot of people in my school wouldn't really want to like, you know, like play fight with me because they would like make jokes about me wrestling. But I wouldn't take back anything from what I learned in wrestling. I learned a lot about, you know, discipline. I learned a lot about um, endurance, um, how to be emotionally strong, how to really not give up because wrestling is the type of sport where... Um, you have to be 100% in. What was really hard for me was that my parents didn't really support me in doing wrestling because I was a girl. And that was really hard because, you know, your parents are supposed to be, like, your biggest support system. I had to buy, like, my own wrestling shoes, my own gear, because they didn't want to chip in for the money. And there was times where I was like, I wish I was a boy because this would have been so much easier, you know. Mm -hmm. But it's like girls wrestling, like it's really that serious because we are constantly battled with all of these stigmas that, oh, only women that are like who aren't straight do wrestling or, you know, only like very masculine women do wrestling. But like my wrestling shoes were pink. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on now, dude. Like I was really like I'm a very like feminine person. And a lot of people were like, I would never assume that you would do wrestling. And it's kind of like a backhand compliment at the same time because it's like, what do you mean you don't think I would do wrestling? You know? But I think that wrestling really helped me become a very strong person. And it really made me emotionally strong because I've learned how to, I've learned self defense. I've learned. Um, to not doubt myself, don't don't to not let um, my gender determine how strong I am or how impactful I can be. Wow, well that's 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 really cool that you um you, you feel more confident with uh because after wrestling you know it taught you so much with strength and confidence um you know it it taught me so much about you know myself as well um mm-hmm. you know don't give up don't ever give up um. One of the other things I always want to, like, talk about with, when it comes down to these sports is that, um, obviously, like, the mainstream of the sports, yeah. um, like, there's no health benefits in these sports. Like, I talked to my guest, Matt Nix, and mm-hmm. there's no health insurance for these uh, athletes. No. And I, I, I find that as another obstacle, too, as well. Like, hey, you know, NFL, they pay their players uh, insurance just in case they get an injury, but, like, most of the time... Uh, someone gets hurt, it goes, you know, the, the person who gets hurt is paying for it out of their own pocket. I feel pocket. like wrestling's a very, like, it's the type of sport that you have to risk everything because wrestling, it's so easy to catch, like, green worm. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to catch, like, cauliflower ear. Thankfully, I did not because I actually didn't want to catch it. I made sure I took care of myself. But, like, yeah, cauliflower ear is, like, like so like common wrestling and really like yeah it swells up swells up yeah Yeah, it's really ugly (laughs) (laughs) but yeah like a bunch of guys got cauliflower ear a guy got green worm and they really had to like go back to like home remedies and doing it at home because you know not everybody has insurance yeah so it's definitely a sport that you have to like 
know what you're getting yourself into. I knew what I was getting myself into because I knew that the guys at first weren't going to be, like, all, like, careful with me. They're going to actually, like, no guy wants to be beat by a girl, you Mm -hmm. know? And a guy will be very, like, um, very hard with a girl because they don't, they simply don't want to lose, right? And it's, like, that really helped me because... You know, I knew that when I beat a boy, I actually beat him. I didn't beat him because he let me. I beat him because I actually did good in my match. And that was very rewarding because my wrestling partner, Roman, he was like the best wrestling partner ever because he would not go easy on me whatsoever. Like a lot of the guy, a lot of the guys would not go easy on me when it came to like, you know, going against them and that really helped me and that really built my character because I knew that when I pinned them to the ground, I pinned them because I did good and I did a good play and I won by decision and that was really dope. Well, that's well, I just want to say uh, thank you for being here. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for being uh, part of the show. And thank you for the, uh, that was an amazing audio piece. And thank it was you. great having you here. Um, I just want to say goodbye to you guys. Uh, today's show was made possible by Sebastian and Carmelo and me as well, Alec, and our special guest, Matt Nix. You are listening to WLPN, uh, Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpen Radio, broadcasting live from Studio Y, Yellow Collie in Little Village. Hello, it's me. I haven't heard from you in a while. I hope it's because you're listening and enjoying our amazing, outstanding, terrific, wonderful, inspiring, delightful, funny, breathtaking, amazing, astonishing, highly amazing production. If not, you should listen to our radio show, What's Up, again. In the meantime, we'll be working on the next one here in Lumpin' Radio. So stay tuned to our next amazing, outstanding, terrific, wonderful, inspiring, delightful, funny, breathtaking, astonishing, highly amazing broadcast. I hope that you are informed about the awesome parts of life and that you will have a splendid day. Don't forget to listen to us on SoundCloud at Yolokali, on social media like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or Tumblr at Yolokali, or visit at yolokaliartsreach.org for more.
Hi guys, this is La Mesita. You're listening to WLPN LP Chicago 105.5 FM Lumpen Radio. Broadcasting live from Studio Y on Yolo Kali in Little Village. My name is Antonio. I'm here with Amira. Hi. Hey, this is Amira. And with my friend here. Natalie. <coughs> and yeah, we have a special guest, which is Amira, a very great singer. You guys should listen to her. And... <laughs> Yeah, so we're, we're going to start off with some questions. So who who inspired you? Like, which artists were you inspired to do your music? And, you know, the the emotion, you know, you have to be inspired by someone okay. to, yeah. I think the artist that inspired me the most, like, as a foundation, when I was a kid, Hannah Montana. I'm not even joking. Hannah Montana, when I was six years old is when Hannah Montana came out. And she's what really made me want to be a pop star. Like, no joke, when I was, like, in second grade, I was like, I'm a pop star, I'm going to be a pop star. I would, like, dance and, like, sing with my little brother in the living room, Adam. Shout out to Adam, what's up? He's probably listening. But, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I mean, I used, I'm going to be honest, I used to watch Hannah Montana, you know, the the actual (laughs) program. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, Also, I read in your personal bio that you have uh, like seasonal depression right like how do you cope with that um i feel like it's different for everybody Mm -hmm. seasonal depression is like is really real though and um i just remember like listening to my music and just doing like honestly just writing music was my therapy Mm -hmm. writing the feelings that i was feeling and then singing to it that's honestly how that's how i got through everything like with the seasonal depression, also like connecting with other people in that as well, because they can relate, you know? Yeah, you need someone to rely on. Or rely Those nice on days to, that yeah. we did have, even though there was a few, you know? So yeah, so music plays a big role in, in your life, right? It yeah, it actually it's helps a, a huge lot. role. <laughs> yeah, I could agree with that. Um, you also, you. You created your French soundtrack in SoundCloud when mm-hmm. you were 13, right? Yes. So what was in your mind like when at that time? What was your mindset? When I was 13. Yeah. When I was 13, I was actually like I was living with my mom at the time. My parents were divorced, so my dad lived somewhere else and I had like a little studio set up in the extra room in our like four bedroom house after everyone moved out and it was just me and my little brother. I had that little studio set up with just a laptop with some garage band, a yeah. MIDI keyboard, and a podcasting mic. And that was me when I was 13, and that's how I was feeling at the moment. I was like, I just want to make some music, and I'm going to make this music and make it work. Even though it sounded really bad, because it was on garage band at mm-hmm. first, I was learning, you know, it was just, it was fun. Yeah, but you, you've you come a long way. Yeah. You're <laughs> Thank a great you. singer. Yeah. Now, from, from all your covers, because you've done a lot of covers, and also you created your own songs, so which one is, like, the best for you, like, you relate the most and you like the most? Probably, I would say the My All cover by Mariah Carey. Yeah. I really amazing. love that one because my mom, she would listen to Mariah Carey a lot, and that song, like, she played that one a lot, so I just, like, connected with that one a lot. Yeah. And also, you know, Mariah Carey is like a legend. And, you know, I love doing my own type of covers for that one specifically. That one is kind of like my own twist on it. So that one's kind of my favorite. I love doing harmonies. So there's like a lot of harmonies in there. Yeah. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I heard it, and I mean, it really caught my attention. I mean, I felt it in my heart, and I was like, wow. I was almost crying. Oh my god, are yeah. you serious? Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm for real. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, in your bio, I also read that as an Arab girl, uh, yeah. you had like you you had ex- expectations yes. for me, other people like, and y- but you broke those uh, those expectations. Like, wh- what were those expectations? Honestly, what I was, like, ultimately expected to be, it wasn't to be, you know, being Arab-American is, it's like a whole branch, but not everyone can agree with that, especially when, like, there's conservative sides and there's non-conservative sides, but I was, like, very, I was around both, but it was kind of confusing growing up as, like, you know, when I was reaching my teenage years, especially, it's, like, harder, because, you know, you want to, like, you want to be free, you know, you want to just, like, go out with your friends. There was a lot of things that I, like, I couldn't really go out with my friends without being supervised. Yeah, like, having strict-ass parents, that was, that was mm-hmm. me. <laughs> yeah, me too. I have strict parents. But, <laughs> yeah, I think I've came through and, like, broke out of that, definitely, after coming yeah. here. Yeah, well, congratulations. Thank um, you. <laughs> yeah, so when you started, uh, what was, like, who supported you the most? Uh, when you started your music, you know, your music career? Who supported me the most? Yeah. My family here, my Chicago family, everyone, my brother specifically, my older brother, Cal. Um, he goes by Cal Jazeera. Yeah. I actually took his, took the Jazeera from him because he inspires me so much. He's He's an actor, he's a musician. He also, he sings, he plays instruments, so many instruments. And he was the one that ultimately, like, he dragged me out here actually like he had a um, he had a rental truck for my graduation he came to visit me and um <laughs> i like packed all my th- he was like i have this truck do you want to just like come to chicago just drop everything and come to chicago yeah and i was like i have nothing here anymore i was in a really toxic place at the time yeah. And um, he came and like saved me basically. Yeah, so he was a big support he in was your life. He's my yeah. my biggest, yeah. definitely. He's like my biggest inspiration. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, you work a lot doing music, uh, singing, practicing. Because I mean, I have experience with that because yeah. I'm a singer too. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> you gonna sing for us? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe <laughs> later. So. When you when you're you have free time, like what what do you have? To, what do you do, uh, basically, like your hobbies? What do I do during my free time? Yeah. Um, a lot of the times, what I like doing is I like recording my music, writing. Um, I like going outside, taking walks, and like without listening to music though, like just take a walk one day and just to listen to your surroundings, like just hear everything, hear the like footsteps hear like the rain and the wind yeah. that's honestly like i love doing that yeah it's kind of weird but like <laughs> no, it's actually <laughs> it's I mean, needed it's necessary yeah also for relaxation and exactly being calm yeah. as a writer too you gotta clear your mind mm-hmm. that's my favorite way to clear my mind yeah so when you write your your music or when you're practicing your music like how do you feel about it or Hmm. Well, specifically, like, when I'm practicing my music, I like to be honest when I'm saying these words. Lyricism, Mm -hmm. specifically, like, when I'm writing my lyrics, I want them to be as honest as they can be because the fact of the power of the word, Mm -hmm. the power of the word is very strong. And when I'm speaking these words into the existence of the world, 
I want to make sure I'm saying the right things, you know? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so maybe my friend Natalie has a question. Hi, Natalie. Hi. <laughs> um, my question is, um, when you do listen to music and you do write your music, do you have, like, a vision of, like, like a first general format of how you want to do it? No. Usually, no, actually. <laughs> I just, so most of the time when I'm, like, doing my music, I just, like, sing freestyle like I freestyle my lyrics that I have and then I eventually break it down and put it into a format but most of my songs like they don't have a strict format I don't like going by the rules of music I feel like music shouldn't have rules so yeah <laughs> um do you have any other questions like I mean like, what got you into music? Like, you say your brother, music. right? Yeah, but definitely my brother, but definitely, like, it was just always around. Like, there was always a keyboard that you could just play. Like, in, in my basement, growing up as a kid, like, we would have, like, little keyboards. Even, like, my ch like childhood toys would be instruments. Mm -hmm. so, so, like, what instrument do you play? Like, the What first instrument one do I play? play? Most, yeah. like, I started off with keyboard, definitely. Like, my brother would be downstairs playing video games, and I'm over here just, like, playing the keyboard and, like, doing my thing, writing stupid songs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, was it, like, was it hard, like, to learn hard how to Hard to learn? It? No, yeah. honestly, like, you just, like, I used to play by ear. I didn't really, like, I didn't, I never knew how to, like, read notes or anything, but I would write down, like, the letters, because, like, visually, I can learn by, like, looking at the letters, like, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Mm -hmm. That's about it. But, like, yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of do that also. Like, I don't know, the, like, the notes mm -hmm. like, for the guitar. But I... Oh, you play guitar? Yeah. Nice. But, uh, like, I kind of use it numbers, but it's, mm -hmm. like, easier, right? Yeah. Yeah, and do you have something else? Your turn. <laughs> Um, I like your makeup. Thank uh, you. you um, <laughs> the winged eyeliner. I always yeah. do the winged eyeliner. What were you gonna say? Um, with with your music, do you have like a like a? You said you don't have a format, but do you have like a certain like? Do you like R and B like? Oh general? yeah, definitely. I love R and B. I love jazz music. I love hip hop. Um, alternative. I I love all genres. I love Arabic sounds too. I really try to like. I get jazz music mostly because I love the root notes of jazz. I love the progressions, the way that they sound, and I love the way that the melodies go on top of those progressions. So then I want to add some like, I'm like, hey, let me let me add some like culture to it. Let me add some Arabic. So I get the little doom tech, the little drums, add that to there. Um, R&B. I've always loved R&B. I love um, Aaliyah, Brandy, the like classics, Ariana Grande, Generico, Donna Glover. Donald Glover, yes. He's so cool, though. Yeah. He, like, does everything. He's like my brother. He does everything. <laughs> yeah, I love him. Um. Like, you have an amazing voice. Like, Thank I, you. I'm going to repeat it again. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but no. it's, uh, it's, like, it's true. Like, do you, like, do you practice or something? Like, I mean. How do you start it, like? Do you go to school or? Actually, no. no. I never took voice lessons, actually. I would just be the kind of person that would sing everything that I'm saying. Uh, like, <laughs> I would be in the house just saying a bunch of things that I'm, like, I would sing what I'm talking about. Like, making a bowl of cereal, I will sing that. Like, pour the milk, sprinkle the cereal. 
Um, just shit like that. Earlier Excuse we were talking about how <laughs> like a lot of artists they auto tune their voice to sound like yeah. yours, but yours is like natural and it just comes out. You that think way. I have like natural auto tune? Yes. You're so sweet. <laughs> oh my god, that is the nicest thing someone's ever said to me. Well, he said it first, so. You said I have natural auto tune. Oh my god. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, cause it's amazing yeah. how how you sing like. You see many artists uh, out there, they use auto-tune, like... Yeah, but, like, no shame to them. Like, that's cool or whatever. That's a technique, actually. Yeah. It's hard to sing with auto-tune. I tried it before. That's an actual technique, like, trying to sing with auto-tune because mm-hmm. the way that it's, like, so perfect, you just have to be able to match it. So yeah. it is a skill. But, it like, you have an amazing skill, like, sing with your natural auto-tune, you know? <laughs> Thank you. How you say it. Um, that's pretty, pretty cute. Um then you have like what was your first song that you made the first song yeah the first song that i made what was that i don't know i honestly feel like the first song actually no i do remember the first song i ever wrote it was called apple tree and i think i was five <laughs> i'm not even joking i am i don't know how i remember this but i i remember i had a song called apple tree and it was about the tree in my neighbor's backyard and they had an apple tree and I would just, literally, the lyrics were very repetitive, of course. I was five. Yeah. But that was my first song. <laughs> <laughs> um, w- what is your favorite song from your from your um, latest album? Hmm. My favorite song. I don't have an album yet, but my latest track that is my favorite, let me think. Hmm, it's not even out yet, actually. So I probably can't speak about that. But the favorite song that is out right now, Self-Centered. Because that one is about me coming to Chicago and coming into, like, the city and just getting into who I am and just appreciating the person that I am and loving myself. That's what it was really about. Yeah. Like, have, do you, uh, have you traveled to another place here in the United <gasps> no. States? Not as much as I want to. Um, I've been to Florida for vacation when I was, like, 11. I went to Orlando Studios and, like, oh. Disney World. But I haven't traveled as much as I want to. This is like, I have a lot to do here, but then I will travel eventually. Yeah, like, if you would travel to, like, they give you a ticket for any part of the world, like... Where would would I want to go? Like, for a vacation? Or just, like, to go? Like, like anywhere, like, for vacation and I want to go to Egypt to see the pyramids. Yeah. I really want to see those, because, like, I really don't think that humans built those. I think aliens did. (laughs) <laughs> those blocks are huge. Yeah. They're huge. <laughs> like how would they But those carry those them? buildings are really cute though. Like they're tall. But I want to see them in real life mm-hmm. cuz it's like I feel like that'd be the most beautiful thing. Yeah. It could be like a song. It'll be so surreal. What pyramids like yeah. <laughs> like Frank Ocean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Shout out to Frank Ocean. <laughs> um do you have any th- like earlier where you talked about how like you practice or you don't practice but like do you have anything that like you use to like prepare your voice when you sing tea i just drink tea tea. (laughs) i feel like there's probably some better techniques to prepare my voice like vocal warm-ups i do some vocal warm-ups but like tea is always on my side when i need to sing have you ever like performed and like like your voice was not good that day and like you just like couldn't continue yes most of the time like when that happens it means your voice is strained and you need to take a break but, like, I've gone to the studio sick. You make it work. <laughs> you just bring some tea, make it work. 
although it's probably not as healthy you should probably rest your voice um do you ever have like days where you can't sing where you just don't have any inspiration actually yeah there's been times when that happened that's kind of dark though <laughs> i don't want to think about that um do you ever have like um like were you listening to a song and you like get inspiration from that song yes but sometimes i really like sometimes i don't like listening to music too much like of other people's music because it's like you start to like mimic a little bit but you don't notice it like i listen to a lot of like lyricless music like cafe hip-hop lo-fi type beats you know because <laughs> like i like to be in my mind when i listen to those i get in my mind a lot and then like it helps me write and like come up with concepts okay so yeah i remember you listening to wlp nlp Chicago, one, 105.5 FM, Lumpin' Radio, broadcasting live from oh Studio Y in Yolo Cali. This is La Mesita. Amira Jazeera. And I'm Antonio Rodriguez, and here's my friend. Natalie. And yeah, we hope you like this. Uh, stay tuned. We we have st we still have more. They, they, she's going to sing. I will be performing. She, yeah, it's going to be amazing, so stick. Don't, don't change the station. She shows you her perspective What would you change? Oh, put yourself in this projection And dissect it Till you're on the same page On the same page Is it you? Part of the mental picture Are you even with her? Do you build the ship? Or do you float in it? Her life, do you have a grip? A hold of it A hold of it Ooh. Now you see Last car. 
was on the other side Walked away too soon, you know you were alive I should have been the one to hold her when she cries Was never ready to say goodbye Far right in the distance and she missed it Came back and she resisted she let you in, she let you in, she let you in, she let you in, she let you in. a bunch of sheep, y'all being so deep, all going in the same direction, all distant from true perception, oh. of who you
find myself in a situation where I don't recognize what I'm doing. I'm in a rut and I am stuck, but it's just the universe speaking. Girl, you're here for a reason. You just don't know yet. This next one's a cover. 
Thank you. Yeah, one more. Mm, let's do another one. We don't have another one? Can I do another one of the same one that I really like? Yeah. Hell yeah. Which one was your faves? First one? Second one? Third one? <laughs> Third one? Default light. Let's get away from. Which one? Me, myself. Self centered? Okay, self centered it is. <laughs> And I 
and I, I chose to go to war. Despite the doubts, despite the memories, I gave my all, but it was time to flee. love that one too. You can actually listen to it on my SoundCloud. Amira Jazeera. SoundCloud slash Amira Jazeera. A-M-I-R-A-J-A-Z-E-E-R-A. <laughs> You're listening to WLPN LP um, Lumpen Radio live from Studio Y, Yolo Kelly in Little Village in Chicago. 105.5 FM. This is Amira and Guitar. <laughs> um, we want to say thank you to the sound system back there and Antonio and Yolo Kelly. And thank you to Mira. Thank you. Lots of love. Woo. <laughs> 